There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we're both card-carrying members of the Infidelity Club. Oh my giddy lord, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? I'm, I'm overjoyed to be back on the mic. Yeah, I know. It feels nice, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does feel really nice. Out of retirement for a very special one-off bonus episode. I was, I mean, I couldn't remember how to plug my mic in. <laughs> what is this? I was like, what goes where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're here to spread a message of good news. It is a message of good news. Yeah. We're here to talk about the fertility show. Way. Hashtag spawn. Hashtag spawn. However, <laughs> we yeah, we are we're doing a bonus episode um in collaboration with the fertility show. Yes, we are. But I was thinking about this because we um we often get uh approached about doing sponsored stuff, don't we? We do, and, and we're very careful about who we choose as our partners. And like over the years, we've done a couple, haven't we? We did one with Thriver, we did um, Peanut campaign with Peanut. But we get a lot of people being like, "Oh yes, um, I've actually invented a vitamin, and if you take it, you'll instantly become pregnant." Yeah. So we're not. Um, we don't do this kind of thing very often. No. We only do it when we really believe in the product. Yeah. We're not very good at making money. I'd say. <laughs> Um, but we are very good at staying true to our values. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a very long-winded way of saying um, that we're doing this special because we actually really do think the fertility show is cool. excellent. Gabs, what's coming up in this episode? Well, we are chatting to Sophie Solaria and uh, Laura Biggs, who is the MD of the fertility show. Um, Sophie Solaria, as some of you may have noticed, if you follow the fertility show on Instagram, has has become, I'd say, what what did I call her the other day? A social media queen. Social media queen. She's become their social media queen. Yeah. And um, so she's been doing loads of great work for them, spreading the word. And so, yeah, we caught up with both Sophie and Laura to talk about their own journeys because yeah. they both have them. And also, obviously, to talk a little bit about the show. 
What I really enjoyed was that we, because we interviewed Sophie ages and ages ago when she released her podcast, which is called The Long Road to Baby, which is still available and is really great if you haven't listened to it. Oh, so good. Definitely listen to it. And we got a bit of her story and then, well, we got all of her story at the time. And then now we've got a bit more of her story. Yeah. Which yeah. is really nice. We've got a kind of like a you know, a conclusion. Yeah. Closure which, many years yeah. later. I, I felt a strong sense of closure. Yeah. And, um, and Laura, who I, if I'm completely honest, wasn't really aware of her story, mm. has quite an amazing um, infertility story. Yeah. It's one you don't hear much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was brilliant to interview them and talk about the show. Mm-hmm. And then we've also um, kind of replaced Professor T at the, at the end of the show. From, uh, <laughs> got a new expert. Yeah, only for only for this time we should add. Only for this time, yes. So um, I spoke to Dr. Wael Saab, who is fertility consultant and deputy clinical director at CRGH, which is, as we know, a rather well-respected fertility clinic in that London. <laughs> and um, Dr. Saab <laughs> will be at the show. So um, yeah. just to... If we're giving you a little taster of his insight and expertise, um, and if you want more, you can meet him at the show. Yeah, and was it a nice chat? It was a nice chat. Yeah, it was really, um, really interesting. Answered our questions very well, I would say. Marvelous. And I definitely heard some insights that I've not heard before. So, well, that's great, isn't it? Though it is great. Um, now, do you know what? I've never been to the fertility show before, as you will hear me admit during the interview yeah. I do you know what I can't remember why because I'm pretty sure we were supposed yeah. to go together yeah we were and then there was something and I have a feeling it, it's to do with my in-laws it's always the in-laws isn't it it often is yes um yeah because I remember at the last minute I found out I was going on my own and I was like oh god I'm going on my own and actually I had a lovely time um met lots of friendly faces some I knew before some I didn't and just found the whole experience quite um, quite welcoming and warm. Yeah, I remember you coming back and being like, oh, I spoke to so-and-so and blah, blah. And I was like, all right. Yeah, well, just... I went, um, I bumped into Hannah Vaughan-Jones oh. and Izzy Judd. And we uh, watched, well, I saw those two on stage mm. with Lisa Faulkner and Dr. Zoe Williams, who all, all four of them were amazing. Celebs, basically. Celebs, basically. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. oh, can I have a photo with you? With Hannah <laughs> and Izzy, which they gladly uh, let me do. And Aww. then um, I met the girls from IVF Bubble, Natalie from Fertility Poddy, and of course, Alice Rose, who's a great friend of ours now. That's cool. And it was just, yeah. And, even if I hadn't kind of, I only sort of knew some of those people. And yeah. um, it was just quite nice walking in. It felt really like a really friendly atmosphere. And even like there was obviously loads of really useful information there, but also it just felt like we were part of a community, which I really enjoyed. That is really nice. When when a lot of infertiles get together, it's always like quite a lovely feeling. Good shit happens. It's You, you, you know, yeah. you would think that it might just be a big, like crying moaning session which is when we get together <laughs> it is but um actually no it's quite joyous um lots yeah lots of fun lots of friends lots of coffee and chats it was really nice mm-hmm. um okay so what like how do where are we going when are we going when is it so <laughs> this year, you think i'd have written this in my diary <laughs> it hasn't been on for a few years live no. has it so um 
So this is this year is the twelfth annual fertility show, and it's going to be at London Olympia, which it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, great venue. Yeah, on the seventh and eighth of May. Yeah, and we're going to be there on the eighth. We are, guys. We are going to be there on the eighth. Yeah. And what are we going to be doing? Um, we're just going to be chatting. We're going to be talking fertility, all talking fertility. <laughs> we're on the talking fertility stage. Yes, with and- the with Sophie. With Sophie, and we're just going to have a chat, really. Like, we're not very formal about these things, are we? And also, no, we don't, we don't as a brand, prepare speeches. No, we don't. We don't. It's all off the cuff. <laughs> all of the swears and all of the snafus <laughs> are off the cuff. Yeah. Um, and I think we're on with Sean Greenaway, who um, has the Instagram account, Knackered Knackers, uh, who's great and very funny and yeah. really brilliant for, for male factor infertility stories. So, yeah. And we're going to be there around lunchtime, but we will probably be hanging around all day, to be honest. So I think so. We're Well, someone said we could sell books. So <laughs> obviously we'll be there laden with books. Um, <laughs> and so if anyone's got already got one and wants us to sign it, hey, we'll have some pens on us. Yeah. Oh, we must remember pens. We must um, remember pens. Remember yeah. The last time we signed um, books and none of the pens worked at my house. <laughs> Was that not the most annoying thing that's ever happened? Um, we will bring pens. And if <laughs> yeah, if anybody does want their book signed, then give us a shout. The show is open between 10 and half five, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a big old day. Um, and if you want to buy tickets, we actually do have a discount code. We do, drumroll. Um, you can get 20% off, which is quite a good chunk off, yeah. I would say. Um, if you use the promo code BFN20. Yep. Um, so if you go to the Fertility Show website, do all the buying, and then just use BFN20 when it asks you for a code. Mm-hmm. And you can do that up until midnight on the 7th. Yes, so. you can. So this is T's and C's, valid on advanced general admission tickets only. Yes, not on the door, guys, not on the door. Um, so yeah, come on down, come and see us. And um, obviously you won't just be seeing us. There's loads of names, isn't there? Yeah, there's loads of people. Um, Sophie will be there. There's like just about every clinician and doctor you can think of. Um, all sorts. Yeah, and Sophie's got um, the Talking Fertility stage on which we're appearing, we are appearing, um, has also Becky Kearns from Divining Mum, Amber Izzo, Not, Not a Fictional Mum, <laughs> Nonny Martins from On Fertility, and Sean, as mentioned. So yeah, there's loads of um, faces that you might know from Instagram, shall we say. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, there's loads of seminars as well, right? Yeah, there's lo- I mean, there's just, there's absolutely loads. So, um, um, <laughs> do you want to give people a flavour of the seminars? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, so on Saturday, there's, there's a seminar on how to choose a clinic, which is like the thing that used to blow my mind when I was yeah. looking for clinics. Um, there's also a, a seminar on the causes of recurrent miscarriage. Oh, which okay. yeah. is a big subject. Um, with someone else from CRGH there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday IVF success rates explained I would say yes, please like do not miss that <laughs> I will be attending that yeah um and the new IVF funding option presented by Gaia presented by Gaia which is the show sponsor um and there's also stuff on fertility testing and diagnosis endometriosis adenomyosis all the osises oces <laughs> same-sex couples and parenthood um 
varicoceles, azuspermia, don't forget the guys, all sorts. Yeah, and female fertility options for 43 plus, which is something that actually we recently got asked on Instagram whether we would do yeah. a special on it. And so, yeah, we might, um, that is definitely one for the for future BFN, but you could also go to the fertility show and watch this session. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we'll do our research there. Yes, maybe we will. God, so handy. Um, yeah, so that's um, that's enough of us rambling on about it. You should check it out on the website. Uh, there's so much going on and it's definitely worth you attending. Yeah, and if you want to follow them on Instagram. <gasps> them? Mm-hmm. It is at The Fertility Show. And if you want to follow them on Twitter. It's at Fertility Show. Um, and I don't have an email for them, sorry. <laughs> I'm sure there is one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and also just to say, I think if you can't make it to the show in person, um in the Olympia in London, obviously not everyone can get to London, I think you can buy a um, digital ticket which will get you access to the um recordings. Sweet. Sweet. Well, guys, we'll see you all there on Sunday the eighth. Indeed we will. Uh Sophie and Laura. Hello. 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 How are you? Um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Very good. Actually, we really are grateful to be here, aren't we, Laura? Yeah. Yeah, this is very exciting. Thanks oh. for having us. We're grateful to have the dynamic duo. So, uh, mm. you know. Um, we start every podcast asking people about their journey. Um, Sophie, we kind of know most of yours, although yeah. not all. Yeah. Um, and, and Laura, you have your own fertility journey as well. Can you both tell us your journeys? Okay, gosh, my journey started a long, long time ago because I'm really old. Um, <laughs> oh, Laura. <laughs> um, I know that's, that's a good part of my journey. It's a good story. Okay. Um, so I... Um, I had my first child when I was 35 after four years of trying. And way back then, because I'm 51 now, um, way back then uh, I was having kind of investigations why why we couldn't fall pregnant. And um, a really lovely guy called Dr. Pretty, um, he discovered that I had endometriosis, which Mm. was something that really wasn't spoken about then. I had no idea what it was. And really, there was nothing. I mean, there wasn't anything on the internet to tell you what it was. It was it was like this word that no one had heard of before, including me. Anyway, he uh, performed a laparoscopy, and within a couple of months, I fell pregnant, which was fantastic. Um, so I I was, as I said, thirty five, and mm. then when I was around thirty eight, thirty nine, I decided that I would like to start trying for baby number two and uh didn't fall pregnant and so I went back and had another laparoscopy hoping that the same magic would work and and it didn't and then I went back and had another one and hoping it would work and it didn't then I had lots of acupuncture and various other things and then I'm now fast forward I'm 42 and I still haven't fallen pregnant Mm. and I'm trying and trying and trying and I had a couple of rounds of IVF and had you know first top grade embryos and blastocysts and it just didn't didn't work and I was utterly utterly devastated flawed because I just I was convinced it would work because everything Mm. on paper looked incredible um and yeah it, it didn't work so kind of walked away from it and felt that I couldn't really do it again and 
I don't know. I was maybe naive and certainly didn't have access to what we've all got access to now, as in the community and everything that we can, you know, talk to other people. I had no idea that you really needed probably three rounds of IVF, really, before you had success. I had no idea. I just thought it would work. Mm. Um, So went down lots of other avenues, thought about lots of things and alternative routes. Then decided to have one more go um, at a clinic in London, um, but I'm now 43. And when I was told the odds of the fertility treatment working for me, which was about 5% at that age with my own eggs, I just decided I couldn't do it um, and decided to, you know, be very happy with my one child. Um, but it never really went away. And it, at this time, actually, it came about when I started to be involved in the fertility show so I kept going along to the fertility show and going along to the older mother seminars and older women's seminars and and how you could how you could uh use an egg donor Mm. and how that would improve your chances of success and I really hadn't considered I had obviously knew about egg donation but hadn't really considered it um anyway I went to two or three seminars, spoke to a few clinics and decided to give it one last shot. And then I would feel to my feel that I'd given it everything and I've tried every single, you know, route. And I could therefore I think I could live with it and and and, and know that I decided I'd tried everything. And if and and if it didn't work, then I could walk away and be at peace. Anyway, so I convinced my husband, he needed a bit of convincing because he'd he'd kind of long ago shut that fertility box. Um, mm, right. And we opened it up again and I dragged him off to Spain and uh, we didn't tell anyone actually. And we went for fertility oh. treatment with an egg donor and I'm now 47. Um, anyway, it worked. And we were just like stunned. So yes, at the ripe old age of 47, I had... My second child with thirteen year old, thirteen year age gap. Wow! So, wow! That's amazing, I that Laura. Story. I love it. I love it. I could listen to that story mm. every single day and still smile at the end and just love it. Brilliant story. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Yes. Yeah, so it was the it was the seminars at the fertility show that introduced me to egg donation. Oh. Really, I knew about it, but I, you know, you need it's a big deal. Um, yeah. And it's, it's something to get your head around, but it's the best decision. But well, one of the best decisions we've ever made. I was going to mm. say, what's your um, what's your takeaway from from egg donation? Now, how do you kind of talk about it? You tell people. Well, you know what? It's really interesting because obviously I've li- I've learned a lot more about it um, since having Isabella because we've run a lot of uh, online talks, Sophie and I, over the, uh, the last couple of years. Mm. Um, and when I went into it, I suppose because I wasn't convinced that it would work, I didn't really, I have to be honest, really, really, really think about it. All I wanted was a baby. And that was my main focus. And I felt at the time um, that I really wanted it to be an anonymous donor. Um, and I think that that was very much how I felt. And now Isabella is here I look back and think, did I make that right decision for her? Because I was thinking about it, I think, from a personal perspective before she came along. Mm. And now she's here, I think of it a lot more from her perspective and how she's going to feel in the future. 
Um, I wouldn't change my decision necessarily, but it certainly is a different feeling. Um, but the feeling I most get is I'm utterly blessed and the lovely, lovely, incredible young woman who donated her eggs. Uh, you know, if anyone is listening to this and has ever considered it, it's a gift. It's truly a gift. And mm. I couldn't be more thankful for that. Um, so, yeah, I just feel blessed and happy and intrigued by Isabella, actually, because there's obviously a big part of her that I don't know. Hmm. Oh, that must be really interesting finding finding out about that person. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I love that. I love that part of her personality that I don't know where it comes from, or that's. Mm. You know, and we know she's very musical, and that definitely doesn't come from me. She's very sporty, that definitely doesn't come from me. Um, and she's um, a funny little thing, lovely <laughs> <laughs> sense of humour. So yeah, no, I'm blessed. And intrigue is my, but but. Yeah, and I and I just hope, and I, you know, I've started to tell her she's very special, and I'll explain one day why she's very, yeah. very special. But it's part of those conversations. But I don't, I don't think about it that much, and I think that's a good way to be, to be honest. Absolutely, it's really interesting that you were kind of inspired by the facility show itself to go down that path. I know I'm the best model for the. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into that, though, um, for Sophie, for those that um, maybe aren't as familiar with your story, can you give us a yeah, of, of yours? Potted history and the stuff that I've learned since it actually since I came because I wasn't on you. I was on your podcast back in ages like, ago, uh, early yeah. two thousand and. Well, it might have been 19? late two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Late two thousand eighteen. Yeah. yeah, late. God. Yeah, loads of time ago. So back then I was working for the BBC. I don't anymore, but I was working for um, for them. And I had at that point been on this fertility journey for six years, I think. We started mm-hmm. trying after our, we got married. So we got married in 2012. So uh, we started trying at the start of 2013 and nothing was happening. And it was quite, I, I've always kind of been quite in tune with my body and stuff. And I knew quite quickly despite only trying for a couple of months that something was wrong and I pay, you know I paid privately for a scan um and like Laura I had endometriosis it, it, it ironically it was and and as Laura says you know we've done a lot of talks with a lot of experts at but up to this point but uh, and what I've learned is is endometriosis can be tiny amounts in a person tiny amounts in a woman and they can be extremely affected by it or like me it was grade four endometriosis which is extremely bad but yet you don't really feel the effects so Mm. I never really had I mean I, I, I was in pain during my periods but it wasn't debilitating you know there wasn't any sign, if you like, aside from an intuition that something was wrong. Mm. But then there it God, was. I had no idea that that was the situation that you could have. Oh gosh, like if you feel it, you could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And mine was on my diaphragm. Um, they found some on my kidneys. Wow. Um, wow. It was. I was. It was all over my um, my female organs. You know, my womb, mm. all of that, and the ovaries, etc. Mm-hmm. And at that time the protocol was to stop your periods with an injection I don't know the name of it but I do know the effect and it was uh, to stop your periods and to um to ultimately get rid of it via laser treatment so I had three laparoscopies which were pretty intensive and I was also put on a drug that if you were 
rolling forward to now, you wouldn't be given that drug unless you had had an egg collection. So really? unfortunately, yeah. So that drug kind of put me into a, prem- a premature menopause. Wow. And it also, then the, the laparoscopies in themselves lasered up quite a lot of the eggs. So by the time all of that had finished, I was basically a 30-year-old with quite low ovarian reserve. So that's when the treatment started. And um, I was just getting failure after failure, like IVF round after IVF round was just as bad as the last. And I went to a couple of different clinics. And by 2016, I was in such a a hole with it all. And -hmm. we can all understand this point, which is that whole secrecy that, sort of shrouded it at that time I mean now you can google fertility or you can put fertility into the podcast your your podcast host and you'll get hundreds of them but at the point of me doing this there was nothing Mm. out there and ironically um yeah I think my I decided to make a podcast and it was your podcast was literally the the same year and Mm. I remember Thinking, yeah I yeah we started around the same yeah. time and I and and Hannah Vaughan Jones she was another person that came out in the in the telegraph around the same time as yeah. my story came out and it was all kind of starting to ripple Izzy Judd started a podcast and people were talking about it a lot more but by that point when I decided to approach Radio 4 and say I think we need to do something around fertility and I I would like to to sort of follow my journey um as into my next IVF round and also to explore other options. They were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Nobody else is doing it. So that's exactly what I did. And the long road to baby was born. And that's when you and I, you you girls and I met. Mm. Yeah. And it was also around the same time that I met Jessica Hepburn, of course. Um, she's not really doing stuff in this field anymore. But at the point where we all were, she was a huge name, mm-hmm. doing lots and lots uh, of campaigning. And Anyway, she is a good friend of Laura and she did a lot with a fertility show. And right. ironically, when I went to meet her for the first time at the fertility show, that was when Jessica said, you know, you really need to meet um, the manager of the MD of, of the fertility show. She's just she's just taken it on. You need to meet her. And anyway, look at that. That's where the relationship was, which which is kind of skipping on a bit, because um, not long after that, I did end up bringing home my little boy. Um, but a really strange thing happened to me. And I have to say at this point, I don't, I don't, I think that anyone that talks about their story, anyone shows, shares how they had their child and pictures, et cetera, et cetera. I think brilliant, good for them. And I completely, com- completely understand it. But something happened to me when I had Harris and I just didn't want to share anymore. And from the moment that he came home and he was mm. in my arms, I shut down on it. And I don't know if it was an anxiety. I don't know if it was a, um, I don't know. But his story for me at the moment is just our story. And I just, you know, of course, Radio 4 said, are you going to tell us any more? Are you going to give us an ending? Of course, people ask me on Instagram all the time, not so much now, but they used to all the time, DM me or whatever and say, what's happened? What's happened? And I don't know what it is, but three years on and I'm still feeling the same, which is, I would love to help as many people as I can with the story that I had. But at the moment for me, his story is, is a personal one and we will get there. And it's that's how we're at. But I'm just very grateful and happy and lucky and delighted to say that it was okay for me in the end. But 
I also remember the pain as if it was yesterday. It's really nice that you've come on to talk about that. I know. And and do you know what? I have never had, I never have, have I, Laura? I've not spoken publicly or anything like that. We've spoken about it and it's, and it's, and it's interesting. And I completely understand it. And I, I share my story because I think as an older woman, it's my duty to share with women that, you know that the, the likelihood of falling pregnant over forty-three is rarer mm. than hen's teeth, mm. and, <laughs> and and there are a lot of women that do miraculously mm. magic children, and mm. especially celebrities. But I'm about the right age for those babies that arrive, and no one really knows how. So I, that's why I I share my story because I think that it's it's my duty to help those older ladies I respect anyone that does whatever they need to do in their Mm -hmm. life and Mm -hmm. it's really funny because I've always and and this hasn't changed either that over the years I've just thought my story isn't relevant as no sorry my perspective on this people wouldn't be interested in or relevant it's not relevant like um but then I remember speaking to a counsellor Tracy Sainsbury actually she's a she's my yeah she's great She's yeah, my go-to, we... and we talk over the years. Um, various times, she got me through a, a huge amount. Whenever we were, you know, like in the in the depth of it, and I said to her, you know, I just have this really weird thing that I just want to help people, um, continue to help people and do what I I do, but I just don't feel like I want to share Harris in any other way other than just I'm just not there. And she said that is just reflective of so many women and and well people so many people still feel like that like they they're kind of absorbing the stuff on Instagram absorbing the stuff that happens in uh, the public from other people but they just don't want to go public with their own stuff it's just that I happen to be very public prior to him and now I'm (laughs) and now I've kind of gone the opposite way but that's just you know people are people that's how I feel currently I think think people understand though I don't think people are kind of you know especially when you explain it if you say to people look I just don't feel comfortable with it then they're like well you know it's fine you know yeah everyone's different I think Sophie, you were so open in mm. the in, in the lead up, and that's you know for me, I didn't tell a soul in the lead up, mm. didn't tell a soul. So it, you have different ways of processing dealing. and dealing mm. with it, and you were and and either way is fine, isn't it? As they say, it's personal preference and personal choice. Yeah, but I'm just delighted that I get to meet so many amazing incredible wonderful people that are helping 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 and you got all three of you girls are just this those people just everybody in this community just Mm -hmm. still blow me away daily actually i i feel a tremendous sense of closure for having had that just that little bit of your story that little end bit no Um, what just the insight into what on earth my crazy brain does on a daily (laughs) yeah not crazy i think it's completely normal and natural not to want to yeah. yeah, I think it's normal. Um, so can we kind of move on to the show a little bit? Because Please do. Um, yeah. you, guys, I mean, like Laura, you, as Sophie said, kind of run the show. <laughs> Sophie, you're hosting and producing. And um, <laughs> Gabby has put here social media queening. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, Laura and I, um, well, we met, as I said, through Jessica Hepburn. And then at the end of last year, Laura, 2020, 2020 maybe? 
Um, I think so if you you forget a year, we all do because we got locked in. Yes, it, it was been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, we we got... met in nine. We met in two, late new, November two thousand and nineteen, and then the world changed in March. That was it. And, that is right. It, absolutely. And oh, gosh, then we started to work together in June when we started the Let's All Talks. Yes, June twenty twenty. And those Let's All Talks were um, born out of the three of us at the time, Jessica as well, talking about the fact that there were, I mean, because, you know, during during that period, there were thousands of people that weren't allowed their fertility treatment. It was yeah. completely stopped. And it was heartbreaking for us. I mean, we were supposed to have a show that year, but goodness, that didn't matter compared to these people that were desperate for information, for help, for advice, to, for children, for a baby. It was it was awful. And I remember we all sat down and Laura and Jessica and I just said, what can we do? And it was, that was where the webinars were born, the Let's All Talk Fertility webinars. And we basically had this wealth of experience at our fingertips because the Fertility Show have just have so many wonderful top class experts. And Laura approached them all and said, do you want to do a webinar? We'll give them, we'll host them for free. They were at Zoom, on Zoom at the time and now we've moved to platform. But um, and we would just get so many people joining us week on week to just ask your, literally talk to the experts, hear what they're, they're, they had to say on the subject matter, be that endometriosis, PCOS, um, low ovarian reserve, um, IVF, whatever it was. And then people would be able to ask their questions. And people did. And it was extremely popular. And that was where my relationship was born with Laura because I was hosting it. But it was also where then the first fertility summit was born from Laura. That was incredible, wasn't it? And that was last September now. Yeah. So basically, COVID stopped us running the show. Um, and I was scratching my head thinking, gosh, what can we do? Because, um, as, as you know, we were locked in and, and no one could really see an end. And I little did I know that it would be two and a half years till we would run our next fertility show. So well, thank goodness. So we, frustrating yeah. for you. Yeah, well, it, it was it was frustrating, but worrying. You know, it's our business, and how mm-hmm. do you, when you know, you've got to keep that brand alive, and you've got to keep um, talking about the fertility show and keeping the relationship with the exhibitors. And I mean, the audience does change, obviously, with the fertility show. But you do tend to get new people as they are coming onto that fertility journey. So yeah, it was frustrating. It was worrying. Um, so. Yeah, thank goodness for Sophie and Jessica. <laughs> thank goodness for me. Them, the fertility show, you know, I, I needed, we needed to keep the brand and 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 the community spirit there. So we uh, we ran the Let's All Talks and then that turned into the fertility summit that we ran in September. And that was um, 70 hours of live talks over four days. Mad, um, so much. It, yeah, it was. I mean, it was... It was incredible. And mm. uh, Sophie was hosting, Jessica was hosting, the guys at FNUK were hosting, Natalie Silverman was a host, and we we all ran. It, and we realised about two days before that we couldn't all be in the same place because we needed so much bandwidth to run this event. So we were all running in different different places around the country. But it was great. We had 3,500 people watch, well, 3,500 downloads of our content. Amazing, which um, which is great for you know the fertility show, and now we're just a couple of weeks away from the real deal. Hey guys, 
I've never been to the fertility show before. Can you tell me like what people can expect from it? So the fertility show, when I first went along to it, which was in 2015, is incredibly overwhelming. Okay, so that's the first thing to put out there. Because when you walk in, generally it's your first time there and it's been quite a brave and big move to buy your ticket to come along because it's it's a big deal to buy a ticket to a fertility show because mm. it's it's kind of accepting that they're you know you're you're struggling and that you but the positive thing is that you're you're there to make some positive decisions and to hear and and find out more so when you walk into the show there are it's a room full of exhibitors and the exhibitors are a mix of IVF clinics egg banks sperm banks holistic therapies female tech is coming through a lot actually Ooh, so we get interesting. A lot of female tech into the show which is so fascinating and um, interesting and then you know there's 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 um support groups fertility network have a big area there so you can go and talk to people and find out um more how they can support you so that's the show floor as we would say and then we have um three big seminar rooms that are running back-to-back content with leading experts. What I think is incredible about this year that is different from every other year, now that Laura is a huge part of the show, she's she's always been a big part of the show, but she's the MD of the show this year and it's had a huge change of hands. And I think what's fantastic is the holistic side of it this year. So I think before then, the seminars were very um, consultant or expert-led. So they would do their... PowerPoint presentations and essentially guide the seminar the way they want it to be. That's gone. There's no PowerPoint. This time you've got hosts talking to experts. This is what we've learned from our Let's All Talk experiences and our webinars and our summit experiences is that it's that conversation that you want to hear. It's those questions, mm-hmm. those five questions from, say, me as a host or whoever else is hosting. Um, and then that the going to that audience question, it just gives you, I don't know, it just, it makes it feel so much more personal. I don't know about you girls, but yeah. it just feels so much more personal. And then, yeah, the let's all talk stage is my baby. If that's not the worst, um, analogy to give <laughs> <laughs> in the world, but you know, I've met so many great people on Instagram and now doing the job that I'm doing on Instagram, which is ultimately following you amazing people and and looking at everything you're doing and now we've got some of the best people coming to join us in that let's all talk hub I call it and it's from you know open from nine to five but you've got people in and out the whole day and and I'm not sure what days who's coming but we've got you girls brilliant you can come and talk about your podcast your book your your experience your lived experience people can come and hopefully bring their books if they want to or buy them from you and they can sign them have them signed by you guys and you can tell them your story um we've got knackered knackers who's sean greenaway he's incredible as well he had as his spermia he went onto instagram he shared his story now he's got a male support group um i think that's who you're sharing the stage with we've got to find him mum her divine mum is becky cairns she's a donor uh, she had her three children uh, via donor conception. Uh, um, we've got Nonny Martins and Amber Itso. She's Amber's just found that she's pregnant after seven rounds of IVF or something crazy. Um, Nonny is still in that journey, and goodness me, how hard must is it? We all know how hard it is to share our experience while we're living it. So you've got these incredible people that are there to just talk to you and to be there and to just 
understand what you're going through. And I just, I don't know, I feel so grateful to be a part of it, really. Um, but most of all, us. But mainly you girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was glad that that was the first highlight that you, you came to us with. Um, mainly yeah, you so girls. Obviously. You're the headliners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have, that you, place. have you guys heard any kind of lovely stories of things that have happened at, at the Fertility Show that you can kind of... Apart from your own meeting. Yeah, Laura. Your own meeting. What have you heard? Oh, I met this lovely mother and daughter, actually, at the show. And um, I often wonder what happened to them. Because this mum and daughter come up, lovely young girl. Um, she must have only been early 20s or maybe mid-20s. And her mother were at the show and they'd come from Ireland. And they asked me if we had any surrogacy talks. And at the time, I think there was only one on and it was the day that they weren't visiting. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I got chatting to them. And what transpired is that the daughter sadly had had cancer and had had to freeze her eggs before surgery and therefore was no longer able to carry a baby so she was looking for a surrogate and a route to parenthood through that route and her mom was considering being her surrogate oh my god wow yeah so that was amazing and I chatted them for quite a long time because the mom was kind of talking about how she would feel being pregnant and that she this you know she was very she was young I mean she was about 58 this lady Hmm. and I was um I I wasn't, I'd had Isabella by this point and I'd said to her, well, look, I had a baby at 47 and essentially you're, you know, as long as you're fit and well, there's no reason why you can't carry a baby. And we would just had a long conversation about how she would feel and I said it would be the most magical gift you could ever give your daughter to carry her child. So I often wonder what happened, but that was just a lovely, Yeah. I never ever thought of it like that. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I, yeah, I wonder if after this we'll hear what happened. Yeah, if she's there Maybe. listening. Maybe. They were lovely. I always often think about them. It was, it was such a, I mean, obviously quite sad, mm. but lovely that they were there together. Yeah. No, it's very lovely. Um, this is slightly more serious, but um, would you normally have like Ukrainian show, people at the show in terms of like exhibitors and things like that? that? Mm. Yeah, you know, um, gosh, it's really sad. We had a company called Feskov who had booked in and they were from Ukraine. Mm. Um, and it was one of the cities that has been really, really badly um, bombed. And clearly they're not coming, which is terribly, terribly sad. Um, they're all okay. And um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're not coming. And then literally a week before the atrocity started we had a, an egg bank from ukraine who were due to come and they're they're not obviously coming so yeah there, there would have been a couple of ukrainian because it's a very popular place as we know for yeah. surrogacy mm-hmm. yeah Such so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's terribly sad so they won't and i can't see them coming back to the show for some time mm. gosh and then there's so many people obviously who've used surrogates in, in ukraine who are obviously just feeling really like as in in the past mm. you know mm. we all know people um they must feel so strange about it all yeah it's one of the stories that's really affected me. i mean there's so many but that one yeah i had a few people come to me on instagram actually uh dm me and just say you know this is prior prior to them uh saying that surrogates can be considered as family and they can come into the country mm-hmm. um, oh, and the desperation prior to that was my surrogate is out there carrying my baby and the British government are saying that they're not 
they're not considered family or friends. And I, <laughs> I mean, it was it was overturned fairly quickly, but goodness Good. me, yeah. that moment, goodness. that moment for them, mm. those yeah. few weeks where they were just like, "What is going to happen?" Yes. Madness. Well, mm. um, and uh, from one really fun subject to another, the pandemic. <laughs> Like you mentioned what you guys did during the pandemic and obviously you pivoted really quickly to create something that could keep offering people some support. But, you know, how, I guess, it's put upon a more positive spin on it, are people really pleased that you're coming back to the real real space, at the Olympia, that we can all kind of come along and meet each other? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, the exhibitors have been so brilliant, so supportive. They literally have stood by us um, and I can't thank them enough that... You know, they rebooked their stands back in 2019 and uh, they've kept their bookings. So um, that has been incredible. So we're, we're, and they've kept their bookings because they they realise, and we all know, you know, although we've been working online and doing things like this, a face-to-face connection is really, mm. really powerful, especially when you're considering fertility treatment. I think that, from my perspective I've just written an article for Fertility Help Hub to talk about the importance of face-to-face meetings and just to just to add to what Laura said earlier how fantastic it is that the fertility show for the first time ever is now also online so if people do buy their ticket they also get that online content which is wonderful but it's never going to be the same as face-to-face contact. I mean, mm. there's so many benefits from that. Like you, you, We all know how important it is to have a rapport with your clinician, have a rapport with the clinic that you want to be at. And that, that rapport will come by meeting people. And, of course, you will never yeah. get this many people under one roof to be able to suss that out. And, and as Laura said earlier, you know, you don't make that decision. You don't sign up to that clinic there. Mm. I don't think I used any of the information that I ever gained from the fertility show in 2015 until much much later on in my in my life and Mm -hmm. and actually I met I that's where I met my clinic that's where I met actually a second clinic that I also went to and and it is about that gut instinct and trusting your instinct and of course on top of that it's that it's the community element as well I think that so many people during the pandemic were lonely going through this alone and we've all become so accustomed to working from home and to problem solving on our own and actually that doesn't need to happen anymore a problem shared etc and being in an environment where every single person there gets you that's invaluable I mean I felt so much less alone when I started talking and reaching yeah, out and yeah. meeting you girls and meeting people in this community. And that is what the show will do. It will bring you together with these people. I was going to say that it's kind of, I remember one of the things, and this sound maybe sounds weird, but you kind of go along and you see people that are like you and that look like you and you're like, and well, it's heartbreaking. Kind of, that feeling of it, yeah. of not being alone and not being a weirdo, not being, you know, and just being with people who, you know, are just like you. And you're like, okay, this is, you know, there is a community out there and we're not and don't get me wrong it's it's emotional you go there I've not ever gone to the show and not cried I think Laura's the same she cries every single year (laughs) of course you do but it is it's a a lot of that a large part of that is because of that feeling of not being alone and you completely empathize with the other people and you're like that I mean that's just that just makes you a better person in my opinion because I'll yeah. never forget what I went through ever it will always yeah. it will always stay with all of us you know mm. 
Absolutely. So I just hope that it helps people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that's quite a good note to leave it on, to be honest. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. I, like, I'm really excited. We're on on the Sunday. Yep. Brilliant. Um, although I do have in my calendar that it's a Google meeting, so <laughs> definitely not a Google meeting at <laughs> all. Um, in person, <laughs> we'll be there. And you bring your books with you. Um, and what we should mention is to that we have um, a discount code for yes. your listeners. Fabulous. Quote BFN at checkout. Uh-huh. Then they'll get 20% off. Amazing. Right. Well, there you go, guys. There's no better reason than that to buy a ticket right now. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so nice to chat. And I can't wait to see you both in the flesh. Oh, that'll be amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Um, Gabby, now it's time for <sighs> IVF. What the F? What the F? We haven't done this for bloody ages i know because tim wasn't there for last season so we haven't got to make that beautiful chorus sound <laughs> um who are we talking to we're talking to dr Wael saab who is fertility consultant and deputy clinical director at crgh and what are we talking about well uh usually we ask professor tim one question as we all mm-hmm. know because uh, yeah. we don't like to overload him no. however with Dr. Saab, I thought, well, I'm just going to overload him. So we asked three questions. What? I know, three. It was amazing. Um, so I asked about IVF success rates, right. how to improve them. Mm-hmm. I asked about what surprises people about the IVF process, because I mm-hmm. thought that was quite interesting. And then I also asked him about um, uh, supplements, because what the fuck? Going back to basics. Back I love to it. basics, guys. Yeah, I haven't done that for a while, actually. Um, okay, sweet. Well, take it away. I will. Dr. Saab, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me as well, uh, Gabby. That's very kind. Brilliant. So, okay, here's the grilling question number one. What do you think is the top way to optimize IVF success? Of course, of course. Basically, patients can optimize the treatment in, on, on different fronts. Um, obviously, um, I'll start from the medical front. Um, there are a few things in addition to the medications that we give, leading a healthy lifestyle to start with. And I'll start by saying I'm, I'm going to, to divide the question into two parts, what ladies can do and what men can do, because it's applicable for both. We shouldn't only concentrate on X. We shouldn't only concentrate on sperm. We should mm-hmm. concentrate on both. Um, when it comes to the medical aspect of uh, what ladies can do, obviously leading uh, and what both actually can do is avoiding alcohol, avoiding caffeine. Uh, it sounds sometimes a silly advice, but avoiding stress as well will also help. Making sure to have a well-balanced diet uh, of having the five a day of fruits and veggies, the right supplements during the treatment, having the proper uh, sleeping pattern it sounds, you know, sometimes we forget about the, that sleeping patterns plays a role in the success rate of IVF. So all of those are important factors. And obviously making sure that in addition for being physically ready, we need to be mentally ready as well, or the patients need to be mentally ready for the treatment. The same ab- ab- advice applies for men. But in addition to that, obviously, uh, for men, we give additional advice, for instance, uh, 
anything that increases testicular temperature. Sometimes it's common these days to find men having protein shakes or protein bars. Also avoiding those and trying mm-hmm. to lead, a, you know, a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This will also help in optimizing outcomes. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And um, is there anything about the IVF process that surprises people that you find? Um, um, IVF um, IVF treatment, um, unfortunately, is full of surprises, whether mm-hmm. good surprises or bad surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's always this fertility journey is always described as being a roller coaster, I have to say. And the surprises can be from on different, again, on different aspects or on different fronts. It can be sometimes a financial, um, you know, surprise where uh, patients will embark on a treatment thinking that it will cost this amount of money. And unfortunately, they discover, no, it might be a little bit more expensive than what they think. Um, sometimes the, the, the surprise might be we all, as human beings, we are set on starting any treatment or any even setting for an examination, thinking that it will be successful. Well, unfortunately, sometimes there are ups and there are downs. Mm. Uh, obviously, it is an emotional and a medical roller coaster as well. So sometimes you embark on treatment thinking, okay, I'm well prepared uh, that, uh, you know, uh, in case it works, I'm fine. If in case it doesn't work, I'm fine. But then we discover, no, that couple or ladies uh, will be requiring support uh, throughout the journey. Um, and these are the main, uh, basically, surprises, the medical, the financial, the emotional. Mm. These are the, the ones that come to mind most of the time when it comes to surprises. Yes, absolutely. And um, well, one of the things that patients, when they first come to the world of IVF, it's a very confusing world. Even just trying to conceive is, is a whole new world that people haven't explored yet. Supplements, it's so confusing. How do people choose which supplements they should be taking? Because you can, there's a, such a wide range and it's, it, can be, um, it can be difficult to know what to go for. Actually, every single consultation that we have these days, it will always end up the patients asking us, what do I need to take over the counter when it comes Mm -hmm. to food supplements? Mm. Um, Food supplements, obviously, when it comes to the industry, it's it's a growing industry. It's a multi-billion pound industry, most probably. There are lots of food supplements. You go right now over the counter. There are lots of brands, lots of things. What to choose? What can help and what cannot help? Without any doubt, we are what we eat. So we cannot ignore that part of the treatment. So we cannot ignore that supplements might be contributing positively or negatively to the treatment. But the problem with supplements is that uh, when it comes to any advice that we give our patients, we need to have a proper medical evidence that what we are offering them, at least there are some evidence in the medical literature that it helps. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when it comes to supplements, evidence exists. I'm not denying that evidence does not exist, but sometimes that evidence is a little bit weak. Um, so what we end up advising is that there are some supplements that have been shown, for example, in the medical literature to help specific subcategory of patients. Uh, for example, um, uh, taking uh, coenzyme Q10 uh, in ladies might help. Uh, some antioxidants for men, uh, including vitamins or minerals like selenium, like zinc, like uh, vitamin C. Those have been shown to have possibly help uh, um, sperm DNA fragmentation and outcome. Uh, it is quite confusing for patients, but in general, I advise every single patient to discuss that with their clinician. As uh, based on their medical history, they might end up having a special recommendation what to take, 
what to avoid. Uh, for instance, one supplement that you can never go wrong, specifically uh, because we live in the UK where it's not most of the days are not that sunny, is vitamin D supplements. Mm. We know that vitamin D deficiency, for instance, affects both men and women when it comes to fertility. And you can never go wrong by supplementing some vitamin D or advising uh, our patients to take vitamin D supplements. And we have seen by at least eyeballing things and some evidence in the medical literature that this does improve quality of eggs and sperm and possibly outcome as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So have a chat with your doctor and, um, and make sure you get the vitamin D in there for sure. That's right. That's right. And as I said, bits and bobs of vitamins, minerals, specifically, obviously, it goes without saying that, you know, for ladies, if you want to give a little bit of a more specified advice is that obviously ladies need to be taking the right dose of folic acid Mm -hmm. in addition to the vitamin D. Other supplements that might pop up during the discussion with your consultant are coenzyme Q10. Um, For men, as we mentioned, the vitamin C, the zinc, the selenium. Uh, There are some, even some food supplements, uh, like uh, there are some studies about some food supplements mainly present in tomatoes that might help men called lycopene. Mm. Again, these are things that you might discuss with your doctor and get a little bit of more evidence. We are getting more and more information as we go along because people started getting interest, uh, you know, you know, people start getting interested in that specific topic more recently, the last few years more than before, although nutrition obviously is quite important. But always have a chat with your doctor. Uh, sometimes your doctor might even ask you to go and see a, a, fertility, nutrition, a, a fertility nutritionist or dietitian for a more tailored advice. Um, but always do not hesitate to, to ask your doctor because this is also an important part of your treatment. Brilliant, Dr. Sable. That's been such such a handy three little questions to give us a taster for the show. And um, and we look forward to seeing you there. Okay. Well, guys, that was it. That was our bonus fertility show special. I've really enjoyed myself, actually. I have as well. Do you think we should... We should do this again sometime. Yeah, we should. We should get together. Get get the mics plugged in. <laughs> we will be coming back on the regs, guys, uh, this summer. So um, yeah. we will update you as soon as we know exactly when. Anon. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, don't forget the, about our uh, 20% off code for the Fidelity Show. It is yes. BFN20. Um, and like hopefully see you there if not see you soon yeah indeed guys loads of love bye sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.